Pelicans, welcome into PHNX Cardinals. Hard Knocks After Dark. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. Saul Bookman, the GM in the house, joining us on our post-game show. Hard Knocks, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. It was an emotional episode. It's probably the most weighted emotional episode that we've gotten thus far. But I, I still kind of left. I was telling you guys off air. It's just kind of mad for me. I, you know, I can go to the Lifetime channel. And I can get tears. I want, you know, <laughs> oh I want the good. I, I want, I want behind the scenes stuff. Heavy behind Dude, the I, scenes stuff. I just, you're not, you're not gonna get it. And, and honestly, if you think about Hard Knocks, like, you don't really have a lot of juicy behind the scenes stuff. You just have better access than you normally do. That's yeah. all it is, right? They're not gonna show you you know, player A and player B fighting in the locker room post game, right? They just, they just won't. And I think we, I think we've learned that now watching the Cardinals and how many things have happened over the course of the last three or four months that they're just leaving a bunch of stuff on the table and they're not touching it because whether they want to say it or not, they, they probably need to get the teams okay on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I, and I think they're trying to find some storylines that have a little bit of legs and, and storylines that people who don't follow this team as closely as us three and, and all everybody who tunes into our, our shows every day uh, know about. And, and they just want to kind of go for more of the sensational storylines. And, and they don't care about the day-to-day stuff that do truly impact this organization. Like the all the big stories that we feel like have been kind of uh, glossed over so far. Even we didn't see a whole lot from from the injury. We saw obviously up up close glimpse. Uh, our our photographer Danielle got a very good up close glimpse of Kyler Murray. We showed yeah. that on our Twitter feed during the game. But we kind of got a the emotion of Kyler Murray going down the field. His teammates in, in their words of encouragement encouragement to their quarterback as he left the field. But uh, outside of that, you know, I mean, we got an in-depth look into DeAndre Hopkins, and that's always a great story. Uh, not not a great story, obviously, but as far as just the son he is, his, the incredible inspiration that his mom is, uh, I, I'd love to see his sister do play-by-play maybe the rest of the way out. I loved the way that she was uh, talking about the game with her mom and how they didn't sugarcoat D-Hop's fumble during the game. But um, and, and then, you know, J.J. Watt talking about the future of, of his playing career and, and how – you know, small that window is. I mean, I think that it was a, it was a, as far as this season relative to season, Saul, it was, it was a little bit heavier uh, criteria. I think it was Jason, the best one. You thought yeah. it was the best one so far? Yeah, I thought it was the best one so far, especially knowing what we know now about all the other episodes and what they just didn't cover, right? <laughs> like, I, I will say this uh, D Hop's mom and Kyler getting carted off. I mean, I was on the edge on both. Yeah. Of I was like, damn, like, little dusty. I, I I, I knew that I knew that that she had been blinded and there was it was a domestic uh, issue. Um, I had no idea that it was a concoction that was that was made by uh, obviously a, a, another jealous woman or whatever. And she, yeah. was, I mean, it's just an awful, awful story. And so I, I have a lot more appreciation and, and just so much, you know, like again, like we don't know these fucking players for shit. We just don't. And you can sit there and pretend like, you know, but you don't know. And then you see a story like this and what D-Hop does every time he scores a touchdown, and you're just mm-hmm. like, holy damn, dude. Like, these dudes are good people. They're they're all just good people. Yep. And I think tonight's episode did a good <laughs> job of, of making it. No, I'm being serious. Forget that the team is, is terrible. <laughs> the team is terrible. It's a terrible right. team. And so tonight was kind of a step away from that. It's just like, but these are good people. You know, Hopkins is an elite 
player. And that's that's what hurts me. J.J. Watt, maybe not elite, but did sound, did he sound like somebody who's going to finish his career in Arizona? Fuck no. He's like, I only got so many cracks at this. I'm on a 4-8 team. He didn't say as much, but it, it definitely sounded like he had a foot out the door. I, I read that as, or I listened to that as very much like, you know, you don't have many opportunities at this, and Watt knows this. But some folks in the in the comments pointing out Cliff Kingsbury, his message at the team, and I think mm-hmm. we've been abundantly clear with our messaging on Cliff Kingsbury, whether, you know, we've interacted with him. Saul and I got to chat with him briefly at the Combine. Bo sees him damn near every day. He's a good dude, good yeah. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he a good football coach? I don't know. He's not this year. He even admitted to the team after the game, like, shit, man, some of those calls, that's on me. And yeah. so I think we're, we're having a very emotional season through the Kyler Murray issues. Now Kyler's out. Steve Kine, which we'll get to, has taken a leave from the team, and there's so mm-hmm. much vitriol and hate towards Steve Kime and really the Bidwell ownership group. And then there's Cliff over here like, man, you want to like him. You watch this show, Bo, and it's yeah. like, he's a cool guy, single, and he goes in early, and he's in good shape, and yeah. he's presentable, but they just can't win with him. They just can't. 345. 345. He's, he's in his car. He's making and- the drive from Paradise Valley to Tempe. You know, they got the drone shot following. He's got the story about, you know, his, his backstory with his mom. And it that tears it kind of pulls at your heartstrings. And you see that he's putting in the work. Yeah. But, you know, and, and he says at the in the final scene, he says, I'm going to treat you like professionals. And I think that's to a fault. Like he is a player's coach. He, he just he, he rolls the balls out. He calls the plays. But at the end of the day, these guys, especially with the, the roster, uh, you know, what say what you want about the injuries or just the roster itself. It, it's just not up to snuff to where you can just kind of let these guys do what they want. You have to be able to, you have to elevate them in some capacity. And he's, he's, it's not part of his, his the way he coaches at all. Um, it, it, go ahead, Saul. I, 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 no, I was going to say, I, I totally agree. Um, I think the one thing about Cliff is, I, I, I know he wants us uh, uh, an approach that's his style. Okay. But, but the greatest coaches have always had to adapt their style based on the production and the value that you're getting out of your players. And at some point, I think Cliff Kingsbury's, I think he's starting to realize that it might be way too late, but now, because even in that post game speech, yeah. Yeah. he said, I, I, I treat you like men and maybe it's, it's a fault of mine. But, you know, I, I hold you guys responsible for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think bro was sitting there trying to think like, oh, man, I think I think I was way too loose with these he guys. He talked and- about regrets at the beginning of the episode. It was foreshadowing. I, yeah. I regret some of my playing career, so I'm doing things this way. Is he going to regret some of his coaching career wow. decisions here in Arizona? But I foreshadowing Johnny's Illinois State uh, film hey, class. I was, step in I, was <laughs> I was an with, English minor. Damn it! With, hey guys, you cannot sit there and tell me that when Cliff was on the sideline at the end, or Robbie Anderson of all people was like, you know, we we got you, Coach. Thanks, guy. That's only been five weeks here. Um, <laughs> uh, like you can't sit there and tell me that the the facial expression that Cliff was wearing at that moment that he didn't yeah. feel the weight of the situation yeah. and feel like. This is slipping out of my hands pretty quick. Dude, he, Bo put it beautifully on our, our show earlier. He, and this hadn't happened yet, he lost his mentor this week in Mike Leach. He's lost his quarterback. He'll probably never coach Kyler Murray again. And his GM is, is MIA on yeah. a health leave that we don't know anything about. That is a cold, dark place to be. And he is right now, there's no Michael Bidwell. There's no Adrian Wilson, Quentin Harris. Like, it's Cliff right now. 
taking all the arrows, taking all the shots. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, I, I will say this, this is the first time in a little while. Like, and I, again, I, I'll echo your sentiments, Johnny. I really do like Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He, Cliff Kingsbury, just so you all know, when we were at the combine, there was some guy, just some average guy. I don't even know how he got passed to get back here. Yeah. Uh, but, but he literally went up to Cliff and said, Cliff, I've been following your career since you were in Lubbock and broke down a couple things. And then Cliff was like, oh, I miss Lubbock. And they talked for 30 minutes. And like Johnny and I were waiting to talk to Cliff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, this dude is still talking to him? Like, that's the kind of guy that Cliff is. He will take the time to talk to to people. And uh, he took the time to talk to us. So, like, I like the guy. I really wanted yeah. him to succeed. But you know what? All, all because you're you're a good dude doesn't mean that you're good at your job. And I think right now we're, we're starting to see a little bit of that. Yeah. Th- there was a comment from Cliff way earlier in the season, maybe been in training camp uh, where they, they were asked, you know, how he felt like how he wanted to be remembered or, you know, how they feels people perceive him as a football coach. He says, I don't want to be perceived as, as a football guy or a good football coach. I want to be perceived as a good person. I'm like, Oh man, people are not going to appreciate that, especially after how last season ended, how he ends each season. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's, it's, in, I feel like this has been the theme of the day is separating, you know, the person from the results on the playing field with, you know, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury or what the storyline that we're, we're, we're talking about with Steve Kime today, it's like, it doesn't change, you know, what the results have been. And with this team, one win in a calendar year at home, I mean, it's just unacceptable. You can like them all you want, but it's just not getting the job done. And uh, I, I think that, you know, given the, the if he draws the right hand, he's a good coach and he can, if he's got a pretty stacked deck, he can be a good guy. Right. But as far as elevating, just not seeing that. Um, but this episode, I mean, it, it like, you, you wouldn't know that Zach Allen is probably done for the year. They show him. He's having a hilarious conversation with J.J. Watt in practice. You know, did you get – what was the name? Is it Giorgio or something from Italy yeah, to Italy come watch your dog? Yeah. yeah, hilarious stuff, you know. And then they show him excelling in the game, and then you don't see that he goes out in the second half with a broken hand. It just, it, it just doesn't tell the entire story. And I get it, obviously, from a, a filmmaking, television-making standpoint. Like, they don't have all the time, but – I mean, Zach Allen had his hand surgery today. He's probably done for the season, and we have no clue. The audience has no clue about that part. Yeah, and it also, we were talking about this off air. Like, Colt McCoy has been featured more on this show than Kyler Murray. And now, yeah. with the injury to Kyler Murray, that's no not. Yeah, I don't think we're, we're not going to see him. We're no, not gonna see him. Ky- Kyler won't be in any more episodes, I would assume. Maybe, maybe a little bit at the beginning of next week's episode as a precursor. But I, they're not going to his fucking house. They're not talking to him. That's what we wanted. And you could say, well, missed opportunity because they no. had a plan for later. No, no. they they'll show they'll show him rehabbing. They'll show it. Well, let me say this: they'll show him uh, prehabbing is what they call it. Uh, they'll show him doing that because they want to listen. The Cardinals have a hand in this. I don't give a shit what anybody says. They definitely do. Hundred uh, percent. They're going to try to promote the work ethic of Kyler Murray based on his rehab. I promise you that. <laughs> it, it what do you think, Johnny? Do you want to produce the show like Pugs and Hugs is saying? Can you no. can you put together a better I show? G- I would like to GM this team and <laughs> turn about ninety percent of the roster over, and we're going to get into that. But man, oh man, I was watching the show tonight, and I was just like, I need a Four Peaks beer because this this shit 
is depressing and I need to get up and feel good about myself. So I, nothing's better than four peaks. No, nothing. You can't be four peaks. It's uh, as far as the Cardinals facility, it's both, they both reside in Tempe. You can get yourself over to the H street pub and brewery, get yourself a kill lifter. Wow. Uh, pumpkin Porter. I believe you can still get Fantastic. that on tap. It's uh, it's not even Halloween. They know that pumpkin Porter it's delicious and the people want it. So go get yourself that at four peaks. They've, you know, there's a ton of, you know, the Cardinal season is pretty much over. They've got four games left. There's still a ton of great games that you're going to want to check out on TV. Go check it out at four peaks. Every once in a while, they bust out the 22 foot screen. You can watch it in all its glory, bunch of big NBA games coming on. So I know the Suns at some point are going to turn around. You're going to want to watch a Suns game there. ASU basketball's rolling. U of a hoops is rolling. No better place, no better atmosphere, no better food and drinks than Four Peaks. Check it out. Uh, and it's unfortunate. If you didn't get in on the advent calendar, the, the beer cases out there, you're missing out. It's the perfect adult holiday gift. 21 years or older, enjoy their beer. But you can go to the H Street Pub and Brewery and enjoy yourself. Your family will have fun. Enjoy great food, great beer, great fun. I also love a little OG, a little creamsicle, oh, yeah. orange creamsicle, yeah. Bo Brock. Like, like this on. episode literally made me want to leave and stop watching the show and oh dab on four peaks and OG. I, I'm sorry. I am it so fucking primed. I'm so primed to talk about this next thing, but I need Bo to do the OG's ad. I'm just gearing yeah. up. I got people texting my phone wanting to talk about Steve Kine. <laughs> Depending on which OGs you took, you know, is it the Sativa or the Indica? I mean, you, this yeah. this episode could have been a, it could have been way emotional. It could have been funny. It could have been whatever experience you're looking for. You can find it with our friends over at OGs Brands, Arizona's Cannabis Kitchen. You got all the great flavors. You got orange creamsicle, blackberries and cream, tropical watermelon. Even if you're gonna have a tough time getting to sleep after watching this episode, well, you can get yourself some of that OGs. Uh, sleep time gummy. That's right. It's going to help put you to sleep and keep you asleep. And it's also delicious. They got the aqua berry flavor. Learn more about all their great products right now at ogsbrands.com. That's ogsbrands.com. And follow them on Instagram. Check them out on in your local dispensary as well. What's up, Salt? Also, if you're new to the gummy game, they have the mm -hmm. microdoses. Oh, yeah. Definitely ease yourself in. Take one little microdose, three milligrams. Uh, get yourself nice and you know into the into the game because uh, mm -hmm. you gotta crawl before you walk on these things. Um, <laughs> and I, I promise you, it, it, it will be worth your time and your money. OG's brands, the best I, gummy in the world. Dylan in the chat says, "Guys, this QB room seems like a dud." That makes me think about the time I had a gummy and it wasn't an OG's, and I thought it was yeah. a dud, so I doubled down, and then I I couldn't walk for the rest of the night. That makes me call nine one one. Yeah, but that doesn't happen with OG's. All right, so. Can we can we just say one one thing? Are we are we getting off of the hard knocks and getting onto the news? I of the would day? like to, I, but go I ahead. Have one more thing, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the love affair between Belichick and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he says to Cliff Kingsbury, a guy he coached along with that he drafted. He said, "Okay, I'll call you. I'll call you." And then he goes up to D Hop and he says, "I love you, man." I mean, is he not trying to set up? He's he's recruiting D Hop. I think Cliff, I think Cliff's going to be on New England staff next year. Wait, wait. D Hop said, "I love you first at the beginning. It is a very mutual. So yeah, yeah, romance. I mean, listen. It, you know, legends respect legends. Let's mm -hmm. be real. Like, yep. uh, and th those two uh, have a mutual admiration. That's what I love about like what you're seeing in, in the post game. It's like, we always see these guys, you know, shake and hug after the game, but you never hear what they have to say. The fact that JJ Watt 
was sitting there waiting for Matthew Judon to be done with his interview just so he can congratulate him and, and tell him what a great player he is. And then he reciprocated it. That's just, you can see it's so genuine. Like, dude, yeah, I, yeah. like you're, you're an idol of mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, that's awesome. Also, we, we have to talk about this for a second, okay? Kyler has been shit on a lot by a lot of people, and I don't care what okay. anybody has to say right now. What I loved is the fact that he's he's trying to coach up uh, a wide receiver. Andre Bocello. Uh, yeah, Bocello, before he got cut, and then he came back. Um, uh, he's trying to coach him up, telling him what to do. The wide receiver coach, Jefferson, tells him, hey, no, 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 you got to do this. And Kyler goes, no, fuck that. Do it this way. <laughs> And he goes and he makes the catch and it's a phenomenal play or whatever. And Kyler's like, that's what I'm fucking talking about. I yeah. loved how Kyler was was coaching him up, trying to get him to do what he, exactly he needed him to do because he could see it better. And uh, we just don't see that enough. And we think Kyler's just some introvert, doesn't want to talk to anybody. I think we've we've seen more than that during this Hard Knocks season, just the, the little bits and pieces that they actually do show him. He always looks like he's engaged. Um, and it just really sucked that he got hurt. It really did. Yeah, it did. I mean, that 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 interaction was great. Uh, I love that they showed that, and then the fact that he just drops a dime and just an absolute dime on that play. It, it just it finished it off. It was a beautiful scene, even None though it was like can... Andre Bocelli. None of the concern the team has is with Kyler when he's in the facility. It was everything outside of the facility. Can Kyler just ride with Cliff? Why can't Kyler and Cliff live together? <laughs> and then when Kyler gets home late with Cliff, then they just go to bed, and then they get up at 3 a.m., and then they go to the facility. That's what I because, do. Because real lions don't need to tell themselves they're real lions, okay? That's, oh, Kyler's man. like, nah, you, you go sleep in your fake-ass fucking luxury fucking villa. I'm going to sleep where the real big dogs live, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Speaking of which, the, the lion, he had another lion art piece yeah, of artwork in his in his office. Hey man, we all got our we all got our we all got our things we're into. We all got our hobbies. Oh, oh, I, man all, alone. all I could think of was Cliff, I'm really trying here, man. I'm really trying to like you a lot right now, man. And you just keep fucking this up. For me. Dude, all right. Let's get to the let's get to the main course here. Saul right. Bookman was not on the show. So earlier today, Bo Brock and I did PHNX Cardinals live at 4 p.m. You should tune in every day. It's great. Uh, five minutes in, Steve Keim was announced by Rapsheet, took a leave from the organization for health concerns. Rapsheet put it as indefinite. The Cardinals released their own statement. They did not put indefinite. So read into that what you will. There are a lot of rumors that are going around the internet right now. None of them are sourced, we feel like. So we're not going to speculate here. There's a hot rumor right now that it is for, I don't know, but we're not even going to get into it. But, we're, no. but here's what I want to say. Uh, we we want to preface all this conversation, as Bo talked about at the top of the show, separating Steve Kime, the human being, and the general manager. And we wish Steve all the health and happiness in the world. He's got young kids, right? He's got a family. We hope he's okay. I want to wake up in the next couple of days and, and hear that he's fine. However, and this is where we're bringing in Saul Bookman for his take here, he should not be allowed to return as the GM for the Arizona Cardinals, Correct. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, it's not even, it's not really a doubt. Um, listen, uh, Steve Kahn has done, I thought he did an admirable job the first several years he was in this organization, uh, took over for a franchise that was kind of floundering. Um, I thought he did a great job in talent acquisition. Uh, didn't do so hot in the draft, but he was able to overcome it, uh, to a certain degree and get the Cardinals to the playoffs on multiple occasions, including an NFC championship appearance. Uh, but, just like with with everybody else in, in their own career fields, uh, sometimes you get to a point where um, you kind of plateau. 
And I think in this instance, it's it's more than plateaued. It's actually going, uh, it's descending. And I just don't see a future with the Arizona Cardinals with Steve Kime in it that will produce uh, high-level results like we once had earlier in his tenure. Um, so I think I think sometimes you just need a fresh outlook. And I hope, listen, I, this all hinges on Michael Bidwell and how he feels about Steve Kime and the things that he's going through. Um, hopefully he is healthy again, like, we can separate those two, but this is mm -hmm. going to be Mike, Michael Bidwell's decision. It's going to be completely on whether or not he feels like Steve Kime has the ability to take this team to another level yet again, but he's given them multiple chances already. I feel like this might be the last one. It needs to be right. I mean, if he comes back into that facility in any capacity, it needs to be in, in some sort of in a different role. It can't be the general manager spot. And this has given the Arizona Cardinals, uh, whether they were asking it for it or not, but it gives them an ability for a clean break with their general manager and they can do, they can have some tough conversations without having to have the tough conversations any longer. Right. I mean, they, they can hit the full reset button because, you know, regardless of what you bought into last January, early February about this team, because it had won 11 games and it went to the playoffs, there were some red flags. There continue yeah. to be red flags being waved around this organization from the front office to the roster, to the the coach, even the quarterback, you can throw that in. I mean, you can't, can't be oblivious to that, but you know, as far as where they stand right now, after the, the, the true results showed that they're four and nine now, and your quarterback is staring down, what is it, a, a nine to 12 month rehab on his ACL. I, I just can't think of a, of a better time to just reset things, pull in somebody with some different ideas, whether it's internally. I love A-Dub. I think Quentin Harris is also a, a rising star as far as NFL front offices go, and those are the interim guys right now. Uh, you give them a shot. As I saw in the chat, you get to do it with a couple of weeks of the season and, and get some thoughts of how they approach and, and view uh, roster management and then start to really get their ideas. Are they true candidates for this job? Or, and then you start to build your list while that's going on as far as who you want, who you want to bring, who you want to talk to. And then also look, you know, is, is Cliff a part of the equation? Most likely not. I, I, I don't think that's, that's a possibility. And then you figure out who's going to help take this organization and Kyler Murray to the next level. This is just, I, it just feels like it's, it's the right time. Yeah, and I, I see a lot of people comparing this to the Bruce Arians situation. It, it generally felt like Bruce Arians was done and uh, admit health concerns. He was not being potentially run out of the organization. I don't think he was on the verge at all of being fired. He was a made man with Michael Bidwell. He had returned yeah. the Cardinals to prominent status. He went eight and eight with Drew Stanton. Michael Bidwell would have kept Bruce Arians as long as Bruce Arians wanted to coach here because he was a big time winner. Steve Keim has one winning season in seven years. Steve Keim has worn out his welcome. He should have been let go. In 2018, when they cleaned house after firing Steve Wilkes, he got a second chance. And what has he done during that second chance? He's got one winning season in four years since then, and he's about to have three top 10 draft picks in that same span. I mean, that's a cold, dark reality. When you've got Troy Aikman calling your franchise a dumpster fire, when people are coming out of the woodwork to make fun of your quarterback, to make fun of your coach, I mean, it, this is all Steve Kime. Michael yeah. Bidwell has enabled him to do whatever he wanted, and we talk about it at nauseum. He's been with this franchise since 1999. He's the only general manager that Michael Bidwell has ever fired he or hired. He did not hire Rod Graves. So I would not be surprised, gentlemen, if this is his way, some way of just saying, Steve, get healthy. 
We're going to go in a different direction. You can resign gracefully. I will not, you know, embarrass and fire you. But I hope Michael Bidwell takes a look in the mirror and says, okay, I got two good candidates in house, which by the way, Mm -hmm. I think both. I know Quentin Harris is interviewed for GM jobs. They've had people, uh, Byron left, which demanded that, that Adrian Wilson be his GM through the media in Jacksonville. Didn't work out. So these are hot commodities. But Michael, you've got 26 days till January 9th. You need to go and look outside the organization too. Because something mm-hmm. tells me, as much as I love Adrian Wilson, like your scouting department is broken right now. Major changes need to be made. Your drafting and developing is not any good. So I firing Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, in my opinion, doesn't fix everything. It, it alleviates a lot of the concerns I have. But, man, this, this franchise needs a hard, hard reset. I do. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I listen. Uh, I, I do like Adrian Wilson. I, I do. I, you know, I, I, I do like Quentin Harris. I, I think they're both solid, solid candidates. However, you know, it's it, it's just like whenever you got a new gig or you're the, you're the boss of something, you get to hire a position. You know, sometimes you just got to go outside the circle to find out what 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 potential is out there. Maybe I'm seeing yeah. things through one lens. At the very least. What you can do in, in these in these interview processes, when you, people come in, you get to pick their brain about what they think needs to be fixed first, second, third, fourth on their list and kind of get their perspective of, of where you're at. And then use that information across the board to pick the best candidate that you think can fix a lot of those problems. So that's that's the thing with me is, is like if you don't look outside the circle – then you're always you're always going to look look and hear things that you want to look and hear at. It's much yeah. like our social media, right? We've contoured right. our all our social medias to fit one specific thing that we like, uh, not to go outside the scope. You have to physically go outside to go look for things that go against the things that you usually look at, and that's what Michael Bidwell mm-hmm. has to do right now. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, it it really started for me with the with when they fired Wilkes. And kind of big and partly what Saul's saying is when they had that press conference and it was like, give or take 10, 12 minutes. And, and they really there. didn't, yeah, they didn't take really any questions and they said, Hey, we're responsible for this hire. We'll take full responsibility for that. We're going to hold ourselves accountable. We're going to look at ourselves in the mirror. Steve and Michael Bidwell were saying to see what went wrong, but they weren't looking really that far outside the building. It was still the two guys that had the same style of thinking, right? Nothing outside the box. Nobody's like giving them any new ideas. And so how are they truly going to hold themselves accountable and not do make the same mistake over again? Sure. They gave Cliff Kingsbury a longer uh, leash, but you know, it has, has it been is that much more successful than it would have been with, with Wilkes? I will never know that, but you know, did, did these two gentlemen keep themselves accountable for the mistake they made uh, during that 2018 season? And that's it's beyond the, the coaching hire, obviously. Um, I don't think so. So yeah, it, it is important. So I, I completely agree that they get some fresh ideas just from some other, you know, NFL minds. It's just, yeah. there's just so much going on. There's so much innovation going on in this league and, you know, nobody would have ever envisioned some guy like Mike McDaniel was going to be a success. I know the Dolphins are struggling, but he's been such a hot name this year. Uh, it, it, but if, you know, he didn't have, they didn't have that run, obviously, through the playoffs. And if teams weren't talking to him and he eventually got hired as this, this hotshot new coordinator getting a, a head coaching gig. And uh, the Cardinals need some life like that. They need some fire like that. They need some juice. 
I, you know, the, there's a phrase that, that comfort is a is a killer. And I was yeah. having this conversation with my wife and I was trying to fill her in on everything. And she follows the team casually and I said, yeah, they're, you know, promoted Adrian Wilson interim. She's like the player. I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, he just played for the Cardinals. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And she's like, he's going to run the team now. He's going to pick the players. I'm like, well, maybe. And the, just just saying that out loud, it's just like as people in the chat saying like, you need some fresh perspective. And I'm for, I will celebrate Adrian Wilson if he gets this job. And I will give him an opportunity because as we talked about earlier, Steve Kime did a lot of things differently than Rod Graves. Rod Graves, much better drafter. Steve Kime, Steve Kime, much more aggressive in free agency, through trades. You learn from your management sometimes and you figure out what to do and what not to do. So I'm giving him, an, I, I want him to have immense success. But man, this franchise has been a perennial loser in the NFL and they refuse to go external. I don't know if that's uh, their mindset of we can do things differently. We're the Arizona Cardinals, which that should not be your mindset. Your mindset should, should be, we're broken right now. We need a we need a quick fix for a GM to come in and put together an infrastructure of just hitting doubles, drafting good players, and we're going to worry about everything after the fact. There's not going to be any pressure in 2023 to go out all in on a playoff team. You know, we've heard Michael Bidwell too many times, gentlemen, say this isn't a rebuild. This is a retool. This is a reload. And you talk yourself in. I remember a video he made a couple of years ago, and I don't want to bang on Michael Bidwell. It was after Isaiah Simmons and Byron Murphy barely played in Simmons' first year, and he had a he had a video, a hype video, and he's like, we got stars like Byron Murphy and Isaiah Simmons. They hadn't proven anything yet. And mm-hmm. it's just let's let's not drink the Kool-Aid of a team now that's four and nine. This is who you are. You're not the team that was 10 and 2 last year. You're a team that's a game away from finishing last place in an NFC West that contains Brock Purdy and Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith. Yeah, I mean that that's simplifying it a little bit. I mean those those oh, rosters, you know. <laughs> those rosters are looking pretty good. Uh, okay, Michael. I, I, I see John Paul Edwards. Uh, it's you can't fix something broken with using the same things that broke you, and, and I agree to that to an extent. And I am skeptical as far as you know, Kime's successor coming from you know internally. But you have to think about your own job. Think about your own profession. So often you see people. Uh, ascend through the ranks and, and they don't do it the same way that the previous bosses did it. Like people have fresh ideas and people have, who have been inside those walls. And I'm sure Adrian Wilson is one of those guys. I, w- I would think that that would do it differently than Kime. I mean, sure. He's going to take some stuff from Kime, and you can't just say toss away what Steve Kime has done. As we kind of talked about earlier, like he had some successful years with Bruce Arians and should, you know, when we look at back at it, it's time heals some of these fresh We're give him his flowers. Absolutely. Right. He will. He deserves that. Uh, he, he's the most successful GM this franchise has had since moving to the desert. So I, I think that I, I'm not going to completely just poo poo a dub just because he worked directly uh, under Steve Kime. Well, listen, I, again, you, you we're, we're saying a, a bunch of the same things. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I totally get it. Like, both sides of this argument can be true. James Jones worked under McDonough, didn't he? Yeah, for like a year, you know. <laughs> but, but, but I, again, like, to, to Sarver's credit, right, uh, and I don't like giving that guy credit for shit. Uh, Blind squirrels but, find nuts, man. He, he found a nut. And yeah. he promoted James Jones and fired Ryan McDonough right before the season started. And then yeah. he, and then they, they fired Igor Kokoshkov after one year, a la Steve Wilkes. And then promoted, um, uh, then they promoted, or they got Monty Williams, a high-level coach, kind of went the other way and got somebody that couldn't prove shit in college and brought him in here. So, uh, listen, I, I think that the Kime problem 
once that's solved, I think we'll solve the, the cliff problem. And hopefully, I think the, the most important thing is whoever is going to take over, they have seriously, seriously got to relook at their scouting department and make sure that the guys because because this is what we don't know. I could easily see a scenario where Kime did what I did when I was at the senior bowl and I was like, Trey McBride, dude's a stud. We can have him on the Cardinals. <laughs> he might still be good. Yeah, he well, I'm not saying he's not gonna be good, but did you need him yet? No, you probably needed a defensive or offensive line. So I could easily see where the scouts are coming in. They're like, no, you need to take Schaefer from Georgia, or you need to take so-and-so from Alabama. And Kime's like, nope. I'm going to take McBride. <laughs> all right. Well, all our scouting for nothing. So whoever's the next guy to come in uh, or next person to come in, uh, they they should have the ability to reevaluate how yeah. they're looking at talent because that's problem number one right now. We're going to talk about uh, how this affects Cliff Kingsbury, but I want to remind everybody. So Bo and I were not with Saul Bookman in our year-long fantasy playoffs, but we did avoid Waffle House. We did not get last place. Thank the good Lord above, Saul Bookman, the number one seed in our fantasy football league. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about underdog fantasy, which is daily fantasy for your soul. It's like chicken soup for the soul. It's year-long fantasy. Get the hell out of here. Daily fantasy is where it's at. All you got to do, you draft your team against five of your friends, and the highest-scoring squad for that night wins the cold, hard cash. NBA, hell yes. Draft six players, no positional limits. That is it. Again, hires and lowers. Higher if Devin Booker is going to go over in points, lower if Ben Simmons and anything. Uh, it's easy. Get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Download the app. All you got to do is sign up with the promo code, you guessed it, PHNX, and guess what? underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100, but you got to go to underdog fantasy or download the app and you got to use the promo code PHNX. The Cardinals, if you dare to dream, have one more home game this year. It's on Christmas day. It's against Tampa. And I can tell you right now, without even looking, the cheapest tickets you're going to find are on the game time app. Listen, I'm a procrastinator out there. We do things last in a minute. If you're thinking about, hey, I'd like to take my family to a Christmas Day celebration of Colt McCoy, go do it with the Game Time app. Trey McBride's <laughs> going to be playing. Save up to 60% on your tickets when you buy last minute. It's the best way to support us. And listen, it's not just for football. NBA, concerts, tickets. I've been telling my wife she wants to go to Lizzo in Phoenix in May. I said, hell yeah, but I'm checking game time in April. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't bite me in the ass. I'm not buying in advance. I'm not paying those egregious fees, those service fees of all the other third-party vendors. I'm sticking with game time. Click on the link in the show notes. Support our channel. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great time. We've got a huge I, major announcement, by the way, that we're going to get to here in a minute. I was, Go ahead, I was I was thinking about going to the to the Christmas Day game since I'll be out there already. I you just sold it with the celebration of Colt <laughs> McCoy Day. I didn't realize that that's what we were doing, but <laughs> Colt I need McCoy like, with T braids. I need a hard knocks camera crew to follow Johnny and his beautiful bride out to the Lizzo contract. You just see yes. the venerables get down to some Lizzo. Some some juice, baby. Let's go. Uh, she, she she's entertaining. I'll give her that. She is entertaining. My kids love her. Uh, she, you know, we got the profanity going in the car in the uh, 2008 Mazda with Lizzo, where we let the profanity fly in the venerable household. All right. So, all right, here we go. Um, before we get to our major announcement here, I want to do talk. I want to talk about Cliff Kingsbury for a second because this this Steve Kime thing is a, a little bit of a precursor. We're all assuming. I had somebody text me before the show, and they're like, "Is there a way Kime could come back?" 
and just show up in January, we're going to move forward with the sense that he's, he's done with the organization. That's not certain, but we feel like that that's, that's pretty likely. What is this setup now, Bo, for Cliff Kingsbury in, the, in these final four games? You saw him tonight on Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. Look like a defeated man. But if he goes out and the team plays hard in these final four games, does that incentivize Michael Bidwell to keep him? You, the fact that Adrian Wilson, Quentin Harris are in the running, they know Cliff, or is it just we're delaying the inevitable on January 9th? Yeah, I think we're delaying the inevitable. I mean, obviously, with, with the situation in the GM, uh, what's already happened with the coaching staff, I mean, it, it's Cliff's team for the rest of the way out. I don't think there's any question about yeah, that. But, be. yeah, come, come Black Monday, um, yeah, it's probably a move that, that Michael Bidwell has to make. But everybody's being evaluated. I think this is a, this is a huge uh, piece of they're going to evaluate every single piece of this team going forward from the players to the coaching staff to the front office the next four weeks uh, and and see what comes out I mean you gotta you gotta hope that they can make the the tough decisions uh, fast enough because once it gets to it like once those teams make the decisions on Black Monday that coaching carousel fires up and you've got to be right there for it to get the right candidate so Michael Bidwell, he's getting a head start. There's two teams that are already ahead of him. And I think that you're in a better spot, even with Kyler Murray potentially coming back a little later next season. Um, you, you got the franchise quarterback. The Colts don't have that. Uh, you know, Carolina, they don't have that. and You have that edge. So uh, you figure out, you know, what the plan is between now and then, Michael Bidwell. Agreed. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Big announcement time. I'll let my cohort, Bo Brock, do the honors here because he sealed the deal earlier today. I got a text message from Bo, and he said, we got a major guest. Yeah, we got a big big time game changer that's going to join us uh, before his game on Sunday against the Broncos, a guy who's having a career year, three sacks, two picks. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to join PHNX Cardinals. That's right. Friday. It says Cardinals linebacker. He's a star linebacker. Uh, we might ask him about it if he even likes that dumb, you know, position. D'Amico Ryan will play him a linebacker. <laughs> D'Amico Ryan's would turn this guy into a true, absolute, just like uh, Cujo dog. Isaiah yes. Simmons. Yeah, give it to me Friday, 2.30. Join us. Uh, he's going to join the program. He's going to talk all things Cardinals. He's going to talk about, you know, the tough season, but he's also going to talk about him personally having a good season that started off pretty brutal it's going to be interesting to hear just his story uh, since, you know, August when it seemed like he was going to have this career to September where he wasn't playing at all to now where he's making, made a game changing play on Monday night. Uh, Cardinals just couldn't do anything really with it after he made the pick after Cam Thomas uh, forced the interception. Isaiah Simmons has been one of the few things this year that's been consistent really ever since he got benched after the first couple games. It's like every other week, Isaiah Simmons makes a big play. And uh, he's got a fifth-year option coming up, and we'll, we'll see who's going to make that decision on Isaiah Simmons. But right now, like fifth-year options on linebackers, I you know, or safeties, that's not very much money. I I, I would like I'd to see it. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I would I would say Isaiah Simmons is an asset for this franchise. It's not just because we're going to have him on the show. Like I I'm anxious to see what a new defensive coordinator that could be your head coach could do with Simmons. And maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. But I. To me, he's young enough. He's super athletic, and he's putting it together. What are you laughing at? Jalen Blair's tweet. Uh, bring that. Isaiah Simmons <laughs> going to be on Johnny's ass. He liked that tweet of Johnny's last week saying cards should have drafted CD. Oh, Lamb. fuck. <laughs> Simmons did? Simmons liked like your tweet? That. Are you sure, Jalen? I didn't <laughs> see that. <laughs> oh, my God. We gotta All right. get Hang on. Keep the that. conversation <laughs> going. I got to pull, pull this up. Oh, oh man. 
Listen, I might have I, on Simmons, sick Friday. Isaiah Simmons, for, for as frustrating as he has been from time to time in terms of lapses on defense, he's been equally as exciting from time to time. And so, uh, listen, I, I truly believe in Isaiah. I truly believe that he, under, under some uh, – different circumstances could really, really thrive. And that's not really a knock on Vance Joseph. I just don't think Vance Joseph's defense uh, provides the opportunities or, or, or really is developed the skill sets needed uh, for him to develop the way he wants. Well, so, oh, yeah. Hopefully, oh, yeah. Hopefully he doesn't put two and two together. Listen, Isaiah, oh, man. Not, it wasn't a knock on you. you I'm going to tell him in the locker room tomorrow. Like, hey, give my, <laughs> give my boys some shit. <laughs> make sure Listen, make sure to come out the gates and, and Johnny, just... don't worry, Johnny don't worry if Landry <laughs> Shamit ever shows up on the Sun Show I am so <laughs> I, I appreciate the heads up at least now I'm not blindsided <laughs> that's off topic no one bring that up in the chat no one let Isaiah yeah. Simmons know that let him know I was a huge fan of his so, so join Saul and myself when we interview <laughs> Isaiah Simmons on uh, Friday because we're I not going to have. I may go out. Question that gets asked. <laughs> Holy shit! That's why we love PHNX Cardinals. PHNX Cardinals after dark, like this. This team right now making headlines for everything that's not on the field. And I know Kyler Murray tore his ACL, and that happened. Those three plays into the game, we haven't been able to talk. It feels like forever since we've been able to talk about the landscape of a game, like plays and swings and quarters. It's just this drama has literally fallen. Saul and I got on a plane. To go to Indy for the combine last year, yeah. they got that that fucking thing from Kyler Murray's agent, and it literally has not stopped for ten months. It has not stopped. TMZ train with this franchise. I guess you know all press is good press, as they say. But man, they, they're wearing this out. Sometimes I'd like for the team to be a little irrelevant, like the Jaguars or the Panthers. <laughs> it's fun, hey, guys. Like at the end of the day, uh, they they keep us engaged somehow, some way. Uh, which is good because it is invited a lot more people into our PHNX Cardinals community, uh, which I appreciate very much. So keep it going. I, right. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if you're not going to be good, you better be interesting. And this team sure as shit is interesting. Uh, it, there, there's a different story every, every week, every day. It seems like it outpaces itself almost. It, it's, it's insane. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, dating back to the off season, purging social media account, which Johnny Venerable broke that story. And, and it just had, it's been nonstop since. And it's, there's been a little good mixed in there. I, I do want to get back to the fun days of this team where we're watching it and, and we're watching Kyler Murray play at an MVP caliber play, making eye popping play after eye popping play, evading pressure and, and throwing downfield. I can't wait it's going to come back at some point. They just need somebody to harness it, put this team back in a position to contend. Uh, speaking of having fun, we want Cardinal football to be fun again, but speaking of having fun, we have fun at the octane raceway and Maverick. Um, we raced a couple of months yep. ago, did not finished last. Thankfully uh, our own Frank Sanders, PHNX Cardinal legend is, was our winner. Uh, who did finish last? Do we, do we have a, was that Cho tree who got last place? Chotry. We know who got not a, not a surprise. Frank Sanders are. Did he not want the wind to mess up his hair? Was he? Was he just no, driving too slow? Big ass dome <laughs> fucking slowed him down. He was like a damn mushroom out there on the course swinging around. Uh, next up, Octane, it is there. Octane Raceway Maverick is it, exactly where you want to be, especially like this off season when the team's not playing. You want to take the family on a Sunday. Only full time indoor 
outdoor track in the United States, and it's a legitimate track. It's unbelievable. On top of that, Maverick, they got 22 bowling lanes. They got 85 arcades, tons of four-screen televisions. We're going to be hanging out there all year long because it's got 5,000-square-foot restaurant and a bar and a, and a chef that mm, chef's kiss with craft beers and custom <laughs> cocktails. Listen, daily specials. They're unbelievable. Monday, they got the $15 unlimited fun pass all the way to Saturday and Sunday, 50% off signature bowling before noon. We're so excited to welcome Octane Raceway and Maverick to the PHNX family. You've seen the fun our crew has had there. Now come check it out for yourself. And Saul Bookman, I'm going to give you an opportunity, my man. We got a big event coming up right after the new year. Why don't you tell our fine folks at PHNX Cardinals about it? Yeah, it's the biggest event that we've ever had, period, point blank. We might have over 250 people out here at Dobson Ranch Golf Club for the PHNX Tea Party is what we're calling it. And it's also a Suns Watch Party, which is going to be fun. Uh, Members get it for 20% off if you're playing as a single, um, or you can get yourself a foursome to save yourself about 40 bucks uh, and pay 120. So uh, listen, the link is out on social. Uh, it's on our website. Check it out. We have, now this is also presented by Four Peaks and what Four Peaks is going to do is phenomenal. We, so like I said, we have 41 bays. We're using the Shot Tracer Pro technology. So it's basically like, like we're all playing together at Top Golf. But the best nice. part about this is, is we have an app. Dobson Ranch has an app that everybody's going to be able to take a screenshot of their game that they just played. And there will be a live active leaderboard uh, and the top, top, uh, the, the top team or the top winner uh, will get a huge ass prize at the end. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Four pieces bringing their bus. They're bringing their, their bar Ooh. top out there. We're going to have a little beer garden on one of these sides. On the other side, we'll have the OGs tent uh, and they'll be, be giving people, uh, uh, you know, some information and giving out some swag. Uh, we have burrito express is coming out. Mike's Damn. pizza, uh, Mike's mountain, uh, Mike mountain Mike's pizza uh, is coming mm-hmm. out as well. We have a shot at glory, a three point shot at glory, uh, that, uh, we're going to give away a prize for. It's just going to be awesome. It's just gonna be a fun time. We'll have different games throughout the night, um, different winners all night long. And then of course the PHNX Suns crew will be out there doing the pre and post game show. So mm-hmm. check it out. It's going to be fun. Two big ass screens. That'll be showing the game. And then there's TVs in all the bays as well. So you'll never miss a, a second of the action if you don't want to. Tradition unlike any other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the PHNX Tea Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Register in the chat, everbright.com. Check it out now. Also check out, become a diehard at gophnx.com. I was dabbling on Howard Balzer, our guy, Howard Balzer's most recent article. Did quick return from his He was on Hard Knocks tonight. Did he get, has he got his eye? Howard, I question to Kyler Murray. More FaceTime than Kyler Murray in some episodes. I'm seeing more Howard. (laughs) I'm seeing more Howard and Bo than Kyler Murray, but that's, that's it. That's a joke. That's hyperbole. I think What's my, my nose was in the episode tonight. You saw my schnoz right next to D hop. Yeah. So I, I got big things in the works over here. You're big time. (laughs) <laughs> GoPHNX.com, the merchandise locker. Also, big time. Become a diehard. 20% off all merch. Discounts, exclusive member Discord. Get a free hat and or shirt every year. It's not a one-off. Join our PHNX family. We are stronger than ever, and that's because of you. But become a diehard. Access to our premium diehard level content. I don't know if you know this or not. All of our content, 90% of it, on GoPHNX.com is for free. Check it out. GoPHNX.com. Subscribe to Howard. H-O-W-A-R-D is the promo code. Gentlemen, it's been fun. What a day. We, I feel like we've been live for like three hours. PSN. <laughs> <laughs>
It's good stuff by, by you guys today, man. Like that that hour and a half show with the kind of news dropping in the middle, that was that was pretty impressive. And listen, I, I thought this was the best uh, hard, uh, card knocks or hard knocks, whatever you want to call it, uh, tonight. I thought it was an emotional episode. I thought we got a little bit more insight into these guys. And I think this is about the, the depth of which hard knocks is going to go. They're not going to go any deeper yeah. than this. They're not going to ruffle any feathers. I'm sure next week they'll touch on the fact that Steve Kime is gone, but it'll be a, a, a brief five-second piece and then they'll move on and right. you know what else is gone the quarterback <laughs> and they'll be showing kyler murray rehabbing his knee or some shit so who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> leave shriver saying it just one sentence and that's it it's like your gm <laughs> is gone off the map off the grid and it's like he is not at the facility i love the transition though that's I, they might steal that that's gonna be on next week's episode <laughs> Subscribe, PHNX Sports on YouTube. Hit the like button. We're going to run this back. We got four more games. We got four more episodes of Hard Knocks. And guess what? Then we dive into the most unpredictable, we feel like, offseason in recent Arizona Cardinal history. And your only place to be tapped in is with PHNX hey, and PHNX Cardinals. I will Cardinal. say this. I will say this. Uh, a hard Knocks was there. I think it was Hard No, it, it wasn't Hard Knocks. It was the other one. Uh, what's the other one? All or Nothing. All or Nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. they, did, they did the Rams that one year. And they fired Jeff Fisher and hired McVay at the end of that series. Ooh, good which karma. Was pretty crazy. So who knows? Maybe we have a repeat, but on the hard knock side. Cliff Kingsbury, these are his final four games with the Arizona Cardinals. We are back on Friday with our definitive preview. And oh, by the way, Isaiah Simmons is our special guest, a special 2 p.m. live episode of PHNX Cardinals where Isaiah Simmons probably beats my ass. Be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. For the GM Saul Bookman, my buddy, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. See you later. Thanks for tuning in.